We're learning the first Sikha of Purim in Chelek Kazayim, page 352. This is quite a long Sikha here. The Sikha has no less than 20 ICS. The Sikha, you can say, is divided in three parts. The Sikha will be explaining in the beginning, the first part, Mordechai and Esther and Purim. Their uh, role they played in the Gzeda and in the Ness of Purim and uh, regarding establishing the Yontif of Purim. And then the Rebbe explains Mordechai and Esther of Pichsidis, of Pichabola, and their, and their role in Purim. And in the last Chelek of the Sikha, the Rebbe will explain the first Halacha in Shulchan Aruch, in the Tur and the Shulchan Aruch, and in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, based on a point here connected to Esther. So let's begin. The Gemara Zok the Megillah, the Gemara tells us in the Megillah as follows. Esther Esther sent the following request to the Chachamim. Establish for me this, put him as a yom to forever. She requested to establish, put him as a yom to read the Megillah, and it should be for me for an everlasting name. Then there's another request that Esther made. Write forever for all generations the story of Purim. Esther had gebeten, as Mizal Megillah was as I fear nomin, fashraibin im shark suvim. That it should be written. Megillah's Esther should be written and be one of the ksuvim, one of the chavdal tsifrekaidish being as part of the ksuvim. Another request that she made regarding writing the Megillah as a Megillah. So thus haste, the two requests of Esther are as follows. Her first request was that it should be established for all generations. So she's asking it should be established as a Yomtev. And she's also asking that we should be reading the story of, of the Nas of Purim. Every year we should tell the story of Purim. However, in her first request, she doesn't include that it has to be written and therefore read from the Megillah, from the Ksav of the Megillah that's written. We should tell the story of Purim every single year as part of the uh, celebration of the Yom Tov. The second request was she asked that it should actually be written and it should be one of the ksuvim. And therefore, the Megillah has to be read from the actual ksav of the Megillah itself. And if you read the Megillah and you say the story without reading it from inside the Megillah itself, you're not yaitzet. The mitzvah is to read it from the Megillah itself. So those are the two details of the request that Esther made. That it should be read, lekriya, it should be established as a yontif to read the Megillah, and it should be read from the actual Megillah itself. In Yerushalmi Zokter, in the Yerushalmi it says that actually the request came from Mordechai and Esther together. Mordechai ve Esther kosfu igeres v'sholcholerabiseinu. They wrote a letter and sent it to our teachers. Shekein omru lehem, and this is what they said to them. Do you accept upon yourself these two days should be established as a yantav every year? So the haste, what the uh, Yerushalmi is saying here is, Beida, 
Mordechai and Esther, both of them, they ask that Purim should be remembered as a Yantif. Nitvi and Bavli, as it says in the Bavli, it's Esther the one that sent this letter or requested from the Chachamim that establish it for me, write it for my sake. Here in the Yerushalmi, though, it says that it's Mordechai and Esther together that requested this from the Chachamim. So although it seems like an argument here, however we could say, there's no argument there at all on the Tzunach and the Amatzias, an argument that would be regarding the facts of what happened, who is the one that requested the Yamta should be established, between the both, the two, the Bavli and the Yerushalmi, it's either Bakoshes, the comment from Esther Alein, whether Esther is the one that requested to establish the Yantiv, or the from or whether both Mordechai and Esther together requested. The request of Esther and the request of Mordechai is regarding two different details in the Yantiv of Purim. In Bavli, in the Bavli, the request of Esther is dealing with establishing the mitzvah of laying the Megillah. So therefore, how does Rashi translate the idea of Kavuni that she's asking, establish it? Not only is she asking it to be a Yantiv, but that you should tell and read the story. Her main request when she said Kavuni, what was her personal request? Is given b'shaiches to kriyas hamegillah that the megillah should be read. Was vert kerufen al shma the megillah is on her name. Und enoch oich fashreib in the megillah als eine von diksuvim kasvuni and then she also she also requested that not only should it be read but it should also be one of the ksuvim. Und die zwei bakoshes and a gekommen von Esther allein. These two requests of the chachamim that pertain to the actual megillah whether the reading of the megillah or actually having it written, and you must read the Megillah from the Ksav of the Megillah, not Palpeh. So this was Esther's own request, on the Rishtat was from Mordechai, without Mordechai participating in this request. In Yerushalmi Yaber, Retzach Noah, Vengedem Etzem, Takone, Fum Kevez, and Yimeya, Purim, Echoshona, Yimei Mishter, Vesimcha, Mishloech Mones, Eshlerei, Matanus, Lav Yainim. The Yerushalmi speaks about instituting the very Yomtev itself, the day of the Yomtev, which includes all the mitzvahs of the day, the Mishta, the Simcha, the Mishloech Manas, Matanaslav Yainim, the Yomtev, not the reading of the Megillah. The Pashtus Loshna Yishalmi, the Kablin, Shnei, Yomim Alolu, B'choshan to establish these days as special days with the special mitzvahs of the days. And thus, and this request, Habenbeidit Tzazam Gebetan by the Chachamim, both Mordechai and Esther together sent a letter requesting of the Chachamim that it should be established as a Yomtiv. And as Rashi mentions before also regarding Kavuni, Rashi there mentions the Yomtiv because Esther did participate with Mordechai to request that it should be established as a Yomtiv. So these are two different things. The Bavli is talking about the Takana of reading and writing the Megillah. And that Esther alone requested. And the Yerushalmi is talking about Yomtif, the, the, the day of Purim being established as a Yomtif for all generations, and that's something that both Mordechai and Esther requested together. The Dray and Yonamanal, these three details here. Aleph, Mekabla, Matam Aleichem, Shnei Yom Malolu, to establish these days as a Yomtif. And Beis Kavuni, that it should be established to read the Megillah. And Gimel Kasvuni, should be established that the Megillah has to be written and be one of the Ksuvim. On that Eben Gezak the Chilik's vision say the difference between them, 
that Ashtarinyan had gebeten Mordechai Vester. Regarding the Yomtev, this was both Mordechai and Esther's request. On the letzte zwei, Esther alone. And then regarding the Megillah, reading it and writing it, that was Esther's request alone. In their Megillah. This is hinted very clearly in the Megillah when you see there in the Pedic test of the Megillah and it talks about the letters that were sent to Yidna, sent to the Chachamim to establish it as a Yomtev. So we see over there that there's two different details mentioned there regarding establishing Purim as a Yomtev for future generations. When the Megillah tells how Yidin accepted upon themselves to establish the days of Purim as a Yomtev. So Zok the Pasuk. So first the Pasuk says, As both Mordechai and Esther have established this. But then at the end of Pedic Tess it says, Umaimer Esther Kiam, and what Esther said is, is fulfilled, Divre Hapurim Ha'ela, the words, the story of Purim, Vinichtov Basefer, and it's written in the Sefer, in the Megillah. So Vyeshloimar, as the Tzvei Psukim, Redenving Didrayan Yonamanal. These two Psukim here are speaking about the three points that we see in the Babli and the, the Yerushalmi. In when it says the Yemeya Purim that Yidin accepted upon themselves, that's the Mishta Simcha, all the mitzvahs of the day, celebrating it as a Yomtiv. This is Mashma von Loshen, Lekayim as Yemeya Purim to establish them to fulfill the, these days, the mitzvahs as a Yomtiv. Alderach Loshen Anal from Yerushalmi, Mikablim Shnei Yomim Alolu. Like the Yerushalmi, the same expression the Yerushalmi uses, the request of Mordechai and Esther to establish these two days as special days. As we said before, both Mordechai and Esther together requested that Purim should be established as a Yomtev. On the other hand, though, in the last Pasuk here, in Perik Tess, here it's speaking about the fact that there's a Takone to read the Megillah on Purim, and about the fact that the Megillah is written. So when it says that Esther's request is fulfilled in the Divrei HaPurim, in the story, in the words of Purim, what is this referring to? This refers to telling the story, reading the Megillah. Therefore it says, the words, the story of Purim, and it does not say Yemei. This refers to telling and saying the story of Purim, which is what Esther requested, as Rashi says, that it should be read. And then the Pasuk concludes, that it's written down in the Sefer, Meintos was the sip of Purim the Megillah is farshribin gavon alt einu fundi ksuvim kasvuni. This was referring to the fact that it's been written in one of the ksuvim basefer, which was the other request of Esther. The far zokter by the posik or maimer Esther on his verton at the Mount Mordechai. This was Esther's request. Valdit zvein yonim hot Esther alein gebeten. These two details regarding the Megillah, the reading of the Megillah, and the writing of the Megillah Basefer, this was specifically Esther's request. So we have it very clearly over here, when you get to establishing the Yom Tov of Purim, Mordechai plays his part in requesting, together with Esther, to establish the Yom Tov as a day, as a Purim, the Purim that is, should be established as a Yom Tov. 
And then you have the specific request of Esther to read the Megillah and to write the Megillah. Now, the question is, Medarpa Bafashtein, vi kumtis, Aleph, vi kumtis as take, kumtis take, as Mordechai had gebeten by the Chachamim, nor wegen the Takonov and Yemeya Purim. Why is it that Mordechai only asked of the Chachamim to establish it as a Yomtiv, the days of Purim? Unit wegen Kriyas and Ksivis and Megillah. Regarding writing the Megillah, reading the Megillah, that Mordechai did not request at all. Why is this something that's separated from the Yomtiv that's established for Purim? and the writing and the reading the Megillah, which Mordechai did not request that at all. What's the difference? Beis, Nochmer, the question is even stronger. Mordechai is doch given a chave Sanhedrin. Mordechai was a member in the Sanhedrin. Obemele is a given, von di chacham was a masken given, to the bakoshes von Esther, kavuni and kasvuni. So he was from those chachamim that agreed to her request to establish it by reading and writing the Megillah. If we see that he himself agreed to this, so why didn't he in the beginning include himself together with Esther and participate in this request, just like he did regarding the Yontif in general? So what we have to say is, as by Mordechai Gufe, there are two different aspects of how Mordechai approaches this. Aleph, the Mordechai is mitzad atzmai. Mordechai himself, as an individual, dafnit zayin der inyan from kavuni and kasvuni. From his perspective, Purim should be celebrated, but without telling the story and without writing the Megillah. Und der Far hat er sich nicht mishtatif gewen in Bakashas Esther. Therefore, he did not join Esther in her request to read the Megillah and write the Megillah. But beis, wie er is, a chave Sanhedrin, being a member of the Sanhedrin, here, when the request of Esther comes, as a member of Sanhedrin, he does agree to her request to, that you should say the story and write the story of the Megillah on Purim. So these are two different aspects of Mardachai that we need to understand what this means. Gimel, the third point there is, Everything in Teireh is precise. So Darf Mizogn. As das was die Bakoshes von Esther, Kavuni Ledeiris und Kasvuni Ledeiris, werden gebracht, nor im Babli, nitten Yerushalmi. Esther's request about reading and writing the Megillah are mentioned only in Babli, not in Yerushalmi. Und jedoch, die Bakoshes von Mordechai und Esther, Mekabla Matam Aleichem, Shnei Yomim Alolo, gefind sich nor in Yerushalmi und nit in Babli. The request regarding the Yontif in general that both Mordechai and Esther ask together is mentioned in Yerushalmi. Is this Altsbediok? The fact that it's divided this way is precise. When you look at these two parts of the Yomtev, it seems to, these two things comprise the way we celebrate the Yomtev of Purim. The reading the Megillah, the writing the Megillah, and the other things, the way we celebrate the Yomtev of Purim, it's really all part of one Yomtev of Purim. So why is it that the Bavli only talks about one aspect, and the Yerushalmi talks about a different aspect? This has to be very precise, and there's a reason why each one focuses on a different element of the Yomtev. We'll understand this by first explaining the fact that the Megillah is written and it becomes one of the Ksuvim. It's not just one detail about how the Nes is being recorded. This is connected to the very content of the Nes itself. This is understood from what the Gemara says. Why is Esther compared to the dawn? 
it's to tell you, just as the dawn is at the end of the night, Esther is the end of all miracles in history. So the Gemara there explains, although after the Ness of Purim, there's the Ness of Hanukkah, which was also established as a Yantiv in a later time period, was the Ness Hanukkah's Geshen, Noch Ness Purim. Esther, since this is the last Ness that is written in the Ksuvim, so she is the end, the last of the miracles that was written. The letter Ness was in Tanakh is Esther. So that's the unique thing about the Ness of Esther. So we see the Gemara refers to this as Saif Kol Hanissim, the fact that it's being written. So das heist, the Nissim was Nitnu Lichtoiv, Zenan Abazundir Sugi Nissim. Those nisim that are recorded and written in one of the ksuvim is considered to be a category for itself. It's called the end of all nisim. When Esther is the soif from dem suk, she is the conclusion and the last of the miracles in this category. On dafke de farbas Esther nitna lichtoiv kemenir faglaichen leshachar soif kolalayla, and this is the reason why we compare it to the dawn, to the end of night, as Esther hotem zelden toichen vishachar. Esther, because of this, is compared to Shachar, to the dawn, as the Rebbe will explain later in the Sikhah. If the story of Esther was not written in the Ksuvim, we would never compare Esther to Shachar. She would be already after that time period. So we see that there's something unique about the fact that Esther, that the story of Purim is written in a Megillah and it has to be read from a Megillah that's written as one of the Ksuvim. What is so significant about this? The fact that it's being written on a parchment with ink, how does that make the miracle any different than any of the other miracles that followed in later generations that are not written on a sefer? So the explanation for all this is as follows. Here the Rebbe will explain the role that Mordechai and Esther both played in the Ness of Purim when the, at the time of the Gzeda, what they each did to bring about the miracle. The Chilok Bepashtos, Tzvishin Mordechai and Esther, in Zeir Oiftan, in the Mevatos and Gzeris Haman. What did they do in order to bring about, to annul the decree of Haman? Mardachai, Hatzach Be'ikr, Fanumen, Mit Mo'erizan, Yidin, Shuvetzitan. Like the Avedis, was some defeated, to Gzeris Haman. Mardachai's main involvement was to deal with Yidin, to awaken the Yidin to do Tshuva for the Avedis that brought about the Gzeris. Oichter, Knoises, Kola Yehudim, Vitzumo. Gathering all the Yidin and they fasted. Chachas Esther, Hotemes Gebetenton. Esther, before she went, Achashvedish, so she requested of Mardachai to do this. Who's the one that gathers Yidin? Who's the one that brings them to Tshuva? That's Mardachai. So Mardachai's main occupation is with Yidin, to be Moere them to Tshuva. Takegan Esther, on the other hand, Esther. She lived in the king of, in the, by the king of Achashvedish. Nitzvish Yidin, not amongst Yidin. Which means the only reason you're here as a queen is for this moment, for this opportunity to come and bring salvation to Yidin. What was she doing? She made all the effort and she went and did everything in natural means. See to it that Achashvedish should annul the decree. She went to Achashverish uninvited. She prepared the festive meals for them, and so on. So, her main occupation in bringing about the miracle was a natural means, and to get with Achashverish and Haman. 
And on the Reverter. So at the difference between the role that Mordechai and Esther play in being Mavatl Dixere is as follows. Mordechai had Guton be Iker in the Mruchni is the Gechelik from Bitlaxere. Mordechai's main focus was to do what is necessary in the spiritual sense that the Tshuva and so on to be Mavatl Dixere, which means Oifton dem Bitlaxere la to bring about one know the source of the decree which came from above in Beruchnis. Is the Rebbe, Zainas Asas Given, Mit and Sevishin Yidin. So his main occupation was to deal with Yidin and to bring Yidin to do Tshuva, to, take, to, to remove the Gzeda, the source of the, uh, the Gzeda Lamaila. Esther, on the other hand, Esther at Geton be Iker in the Eshtadlos and Darke Ateva. Her main point was to deal and do what has to be done here in nature. Durach Velcha de Bitla Gzeda Lamaila is Durach Gifid Givar and Lamata. So to bring down the bitl of the gzeda from above, to bring it down, to be manifest here below, so she had to do her heshtadlos and teva. Ziyot alts geton durch achashverish, whatever she did was through achashverish, biz as achashverish, ot mevatel given the gzeda, and she brought achashverish himself to annul the decree. Unachmev and napucho ashishto ayudim heime b'seneyem. And it was transformed, and whatever they wanted to do to the Yidin was done to them, to the haters of the Jews. This is the two roles that Mordechai and Esther play in being the Vatl Dixera of Homa. So, based on this, we could say, in the same way, Mordechai and Esther have been understood in the Gezer Pulus of Vatl Dixera, just as we see very clearly here, the difference between Mordechai and Esther, what each did in order to annul the decree, there's also a difference between them. What is the, the main emphasis in the actual miracle of Purim? What's the main accomplishment and the main emphasis in the miracle? By Mordechai, is that Goshe ben Esporim, the Ruchni is the Genetzachim from Yidin. By Mordechai, his main effort to be Mavatl Dixere was the Ruchni is the Getshuva of Yidin. So by him, the main accomplishment of the miracle is the spiritual victory. Das was sie haben Tshuva getan und in Azar Oifim bis Azar Zat Oif getan, der Kimu, Masha Kiblu Kva. The fact that the Yidin did Tshuva, they accepted the Teire from Nu, the Teire that the Yidin had already, their Hadar Kiblua, Bimeach Shvedish, the fact that now in the time of this Gzeire, they accepted the Teire again, Hotarop genommen, die Maidol, Arabelai, Reisuf, und Matan Teire. And this removed the big question that there was on the Yidin's acceptance of Teir at the time of Matan Teir, because then it was Kofa Aleim Har Kegigis. Yidin were forced to accept the Teir, so to speak. And the Far had Mordechai gewalt. So since this is the main emphasis by, by Mordechai, he sees this as like a new Matan Teir, as in a, a new Ruchni acceptance of the Teir. That's the main accomplishment of the miracle. So therefore, how did Mordechai request that Purim should be celebrated? Had Mordechai gewalt, as Purim, so I know Sabah Purim should be a day that you don't do any work, like any Yom Tov. And Purim should be similar to Yom Kippur. Yom Tshuva, a day of Tshuva, or the Nesinus Luchas Shniyais. And similar to Yom Kippur, which was also renewing Matan Teira again and giving Yidin the second Luchas. As Lazayin HaTog, to upgeben sich mit den Purim should be a day to be separated from any mundane activity and to uh, focus on, on soul, on the soul, on Ruchnius. Because it's another Matan Teireh. Just like we see regarding Mordechai, that his role in the Gzeda, in the time of the Gzeda, was to be Mo'edir Yidin L'Tshuve, to, to bring them to, to elevate themselves, to be able to be Zeichet to the miracle. So when the miracle happens, the main Nitzachim that Mordechai sees is the Ruchni is the accomplishment. By Esther, 
her main focus at the time of the Gezeda was the Teva, the, the Gashmis, the things necessary to do. So when the Hatzalah comes about, so by her the main focus is the fact that the Yidin were saved physically from being wiped out. The Hatzalahs had gufim from Yidin. The fact that they physically, their lives were saved. Obelashna Lavush, the Lavush that explains the difference between Chanakeh and Purim. So he says, Shahisak Zayda, Lahashmid, Uvaladeh, Gesagufais. On Purim, the main Zayda was to literally wipe out the existence of Klal Yisrael physically. Vulayasanafashais, not the souls, not the religion. Lakach, Keshenitzlumimanachulu. So when they were saved, the main salvation was regarding the Gashmis of the Yidin. So on, from Esther's viewpoint, this is the main focus of the miracle of Purim, the Gashmis of the Eden, which is saved. So we see here the difference between Mordechai and Esther as far as the role they blo- both played in the Gzeda, and also as far as the miracle is concerned. The miracle of Purim is a twofold miracle, a Ruchni Yisdigewan and a Gashmi Yisdigewan. Mordechai sees and focuses primarily on the Ruchni Yisdigewan and Esther focuses primarily on the Gashmiz Diganitzachim, the fact that the physical gufim of the Eden were saved when when is transformed the Gezeda. The mid So this takes us to the next step, the difference between Mordechai and Esther, as far as how we celebrate Purim itself every year. By remembering the miracle every year on Purim is the Bakoshe from the Kablamatam Aleichem Shnei Yomim Alolu. So when it came to the request to establish it as a Yomtiv, Gekumen from Mordechai and Esther. So both Mordechai and Esther requested this. On the Bakoshe's Kavuni and Kasvuni, nor from Esther Alein. Who is the one that requests that the Megillah should be read and the Megillah should be written? That only comes from Esther. Indeed, Drayen Yonim, Drikin Tzachais, there is a Koran from Nespurim, Oifashidin Oifanim. We see here the different aspects, primarily the two aspects of what the Nas of Purim was, and each Mordechai and Esther sees it from their viewpoint, what's the main focus of the Nas. By Mekayim Zayn, Yemea Purim. So if you look at just celebrating Purim, which Mordechai and Esther both requested, so how do you celebrate Purim? Chachazos is verbunden mit die mitzvahs meisies von Mishta, v'simcha, m'shloich manes, matanes lav yoinim. So you celebrate Purim with the various different mitzvahs, which are actions, right? Eating, drinking, and the m'shloich manes, matanes lav yoinim. So these things are actions. However, is in yonam v'pashtus. What's the point of all of these actions? Do you have the actual teichen, remembrance of Purim in the very actions themselves? No. No, but what's the point here? As So as far as actually remembering and mentioning the miracle itself on Purim, in these mitzvahs you don't have any memory of the actual miracle. The story of the miracle is not being said in any of these mitzvahs. It's through fulfilling all these mitzvahs, so they have a content that will connect and remind you to think about what they are coming to commemorate, and you in your mind will come and remember the Nas of Purim. So as far as celebrating Purim, through what Mardachai and Esther requested together, primarily Mardachai, which is to celebrate the day of Purim with all of the mitzvahs, the point of here is that it's going to be a ruchni is the giyamtiv, that Yidin are going to do all kinds of things to remind them to get into the mode and into the spirit to remember what the specialty of the day is and to celebrate and thank the Eidrishter for the Nas of Purim. So that's primarily remembering it. 
However, the request of Kavuni, which is Likriya, that you have to actually tell the story, you're not just relying on doing certain things that are connected to the Teichen of the day to remind you, to, to bring your memory, to relive and re-experience it, but to actually tell the story, So here you're actually saying it, you're verbalizing and saying the story. When you say it and you speak it with your mouth, the movement of your lips is an action that you're saying the story. And even more so, saying the story with your mouth and the movement of your lips is an action. And you're not just reminding yourself and getting into the spirit of the yontif, but you're also actually saying it with your mouth. But that's all only considered to be a small action. When you write the miracle, ink on parchment, this is a Maiser Rabba, this is an action of writing the actual story. It's the physical ink on the physical parchment that you write the story, you bring it down into the physical element of the world. On the river. So this is the difference between Mardachai and Esther as far as their request and how to establish the Yom Tov of Purim. By Mardachai was the Adgoshes Anesses by Ruchni. As we said before, Mardachai, the main emphasis of the miracle was the spiritual victory. So for him, the main celebration of how we're going to remember the miracle of Purim is by doing all kinds of things that will get us into the spirit get our minds into the mode of thinking about and thanking the Ebishter for the miracle of the day. But not that it has to come out in your mouth, in words, or in physical parchment. Even more so, Mardachai's desire was that Purim should be a spiritual day, similar to Yom Kippur, a day that's no, there's no work done on this day. That's Mardachai's approach to how Purim should be celebrated, from his viewpoint. From Esther's viewpoint, the main ness was the fact that Yidun were literally saved, their lives were saved. That's Salas Hakufa Gashmi. Is the Rebbe, Nit Genukas, the Zikaran and Esel, Zainim Machshove. It's not enough that the remembrance of the miracle should be remembering it and thinking it over and reliving it in your mind. Nor Adarf, the Iker, Arab Komen, in Asiya. In Maise Zute, Undenoch, and Maise Rabba. Her request was Kivuni and Kizvuni that the Megillah should be read, and you should verbally say the story, and you should write the story on parchment and ink, in order to bring down and express the other element of the miracle, or from her viewpoint, the main element of the miracle, which is the fact that the physical bodies of the Eden were saved at the time of this uh, the miracle. So this is the difference we see here in each stage, both the time of the Xeda, and as far as the miracle, and as far as how we establish Purim for all generations, the difference between Mardachai and Esther's approach. So the fact that Mardachai's request was only to establish it as a Yomtev. And he did not request, like Esther, that the, tor- the story should be said verbally, and that it should be written. Is thus, the Mardachai is Mitzad Matzav This is Mardachai as an individual himself, the level that he's on, who he is. So he does not see this aspect of Purim as being the main thing. 
So Mordechai, being the leader of his generation, so what's his perspective? What does he see as the main emphasis and the main victory? The whole generation which he's their leader, and they get their chayas from him, like every rabbi of every generation. So the main thing that he sees is the neshama of the Yidin, the ruchnius of the Yidin, the tshuva, and the, 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 the nitzachan, as far as it being like a new matan a new acceptance of the Taita, which is the Neshama and the Ruchnius of the Purim. Or Mitzadze Ruchnius is Genuk as the Zikaran Anes, Lozayim B'Machshava. So therefore, in his, in his viewpoint, it's enough that the remembrance of the Nes should be in your thoughts. It's not so significant that it should be remembered and come down in action to write the Megillah on a parchment. As we explained before. So this is who Mordechai himself is, and as a leader of his generation, this is the aspect of Purim that he sees as the main miracle. However, when Mordechai sits as a member in the Sanhedrin, and everything, all questions, all difficulties are brought to the Sanhedrin to handle, to answer, and to explain. On Indian Sanhedrin, it's Supaskin and Demdin Lamaisa. Sanhedrin is there to pay attention to practical life of the Yidin to see how to handle things. But Salibdem Darfun Zezacharaplas and Suyidin Un Zenze Matzevinoila Magashmi Mitzalgufam. And here a Sanhedrin has to come down and see the physical, material situation in the bodies and of the people to know exactly how to paskana halacha on a practical level. On the Psakalacha Dafdurkifir Dvern in Maisa, the actual Psak has to be fulfilled in action. So here, not Mordechai as the Rebbe of the generation, but as one of the Sanhedrin, that's paskening halachas for, for all the Yidin, dan zeta Yidin mitzad gufam. From this viewpoint, he, he also sees the existence of Yehu Yidin Nar and the, and the miracle mitzad, their physical existence, mitzad their bodies. Was mitzadem daf the zikaron anas in maizim amish. And because of this, the remembrance and the celebration of the Nes Purim, even Mardachai agreed, like Esther's request, that it should be celebrated physically by verbalizing it and bringing it down in Maisa and writing it. When it's said verbally and when it's written on a piece of paper, this is the way to celebrate the miracle that it should even affect your body, that even the guf of the person should be involved in celebrating the Nes. So therefore, the point here is that there's the Mardachai as on his own, his viewpoint and his participation in the miracle and the way he sees his generation. And then there's Mardachai as one of the Sanhedrin, and therefore here he agrees to Esther and he sees Yidin as they are in the, in, in the world of practical and in the guf of the Yidin, the way Purim should be celebrated in Oilam Haza Agashmi, in the guf. This is the explanation the Pashtos and Alpinigla and the, the role that Mardachai and Esther played, Benigea, to what Purim is, both in the time of the Gzeda and what the main point of the miracle is, and as far as how we establish it as a Yomtev. To explain what we said until here in the words of the way Chassidus sees it. What's the difference between the levels of Mardachai and Esther? Mardachai is in Yonai Yisoyed Abba. It says in Kabbalah, Mardachai's level is Yisoyed Abba, which is Chochme. But Mitzad Abba, Sviris HaChochme, is Nigeya Dem Inyana Oyer. What is Chochme? Chochme is Oyer, godly revelation. Chochme is the beginning of all Sviris, and Chochme draws a revelation into the Sviris. The Rebbe brings in the Ha'ara that it says in Kabbalah, it says in Chassidus, that in Oyer, even the Kali of Oyer, of Chachma that is, 
is also Ayr. Ayr is that like when a person is learning something. Chachma, that is. What's Chachma? When a person is learning something and he has a difficulty. What's the Chachma? That flash of understanding. That opening. That revelation that he sees a clarity in what he's learning. Even if he can't apply it and explain it in the details, but there's a light. There's an opening that he understands. So that's why Chachma represents Ayr. A lichtekeit, a godly revelation. That's Mardachai. Esther Esther represents Malchus, the end of all the spheres. It refers to Malchus not as it exists in the world of Atsilus, in the end of all the spheres, starting with Chachma and completing with Malchus and Atsilus, but it's Malchus as it becomes that link to draw down the revelation into the lower world, into Biyah. This is Merum is in your nomen. Esther from Loshen, Vanoichi Haster Aster. Tachlis Ahelem Vahester, referring to Malchus, which is a place of concealment, not only the concealment in the world of Atsilus, if it's still part of the world of Atsilus, it's not really a place of concealment, but it's the sphere of Malchus as a source to Biyah, not only as a source to Biyah, but actually coming down, Tashpa, in the worlds of Biyah, where there's a Hester, a double Hester. In the sphere of Malchus, it's the exact opposite of Chochmah, where the main emphasis is Eir. In, in Malchus, the main emphasis is the Kalim, to be a receiver, a recipient. That's what Malchus is about, as it ever brings in the Ha'ara, that Malchus less than the Garmoklum, it's just there to receive the revelations that are there from before. And the whole idea of Kalim is to contain, to define, to limit, and so on, which as we'll see is the source of what nature is, the laws of nature that define everything in their place and in their existence. So that's what Kalim are all about. The exact opposite of Eir. The Eir is Bligvul, the, the unlimited godly revelation. And Kalim is Gvul, is that is to define and bring everything down in a very particular and defined and tailored way. So now we can understand much deeper the point that we said before in the two viewpoints and the, what, what's the emphasis on the miracle of Purim. In Mardachai and Esther, so the way the miracle of Purim is interpreted and understood and sensed from the perspective of Eir and the perspective of Kalim is very different. And here the Rebbe points out what's unique about the Ness of Purim. The Ness Purim, Zayinik from the Nisim, Hamulubashim Beteva. So the Ness of Purim was enclosed in nature, it happened through natural means. So we see the two, there's two opposite things about this nest of Purim that came through natural means. As you look at the story of Purim, you don't see anything that broke nature. Everything happened in natural means. On one hand, we bowed as the nest is ungeton in Teva. It was all within nature, and there was nothing that you could point at, that you saw clearly that had to break nature. Is move on as that is verbunden with them eure leki was kommt darab is lapsus in welt. So the ness of Purim, the source of this ness comes from a revelation of godliness that's related to welt, that's related to teva and is within teva and affects nature internally through nature itself, not to break nature. That's the level of the ness of Purim. That's on one hand. Von dem zweiten Seite, but there's another side to this. There's another perspective to the ness of Purim. Wie bald hat das an Inje von Ness? It, is, it was a miracle. Yes, it came through Teva, but it was a miracle. The Gilead Every miracle is a revelation of godliness above the usual measure of godliness that's invested in nature itself. And biz, nire b'chosh, shekola sibis, hoyurak, lemay teva. Although it didn't break nature, 
But if you pay attention to the way things were set up and how things were orchestrated and happened in the story of Purim, you can clearly see that there is a ness above nature that's guiding all the events within nature. Is move on as the shayrish from them ness, is from them teva. So this is a ness, and therefore the source of these events comes from a level of godliness which is above nature, above the regular measure of godliness within nature. Unachman, even more so, even the fact that it's within nature indicates even further how high the source of this ness is. Does gufe was the nest kenarapkum in inteva? The fact that it comes into nature, so from this perspective, is abavais as bishar shoy is a hechafundinisim gluim. That actually means that it has an even deeper and higher source than those revealed miracles that have to shatter nature in order for the miracle to be performed. Was the reber is a nit mugbal in the agbala from hechafunteva umvert nimshach in teva gufe. When you have a miracle that breaks nature, so what that means is that nature presents a blockage to this revelation, and the only way this revelation could be implemented is by breaking nature. When you have a miracle that comes from an even higher source that's even more unlimited, this infinite revelation goes straight into nature. It, penetrate, it penetrates nature. And the nature does not present any blockage to this revelation. So the fact that Anes is coming into Teva, from this viewpoint, this actually shows that this is coming from an even higher place. So we have two different angles over here of looking at the very nature of the Ness of Purim itself. On one hand, it's a Ness that's integrated in nature. It allows nature to exist. It's, it's related to nature. On the other hand, though, there's the bleakvul of the nest. There's the revelation that's unlimited, that comes from a place that's removed from Teva. And Adarabha, the fact that it comes into Teva, expresses even more so how much Teva in no way presents any blockage to this unlimited revelation. Two different approaches here to what this is. So these two perspectives about the nest of Purim is the difference if you look at a nest, this nest of Purim, from the angle of Eir, of revelation, the source of where it comes from, and then looking of how, at the miracle at how it's contained and how it comes down within nature. As far as the Eir is concerned, what's the perspective of Eir? The source, the revelation. What is this? Ness of Purim is a revelation of a bleak vol from an unlimited source. The Ness from its source is a revelation of an unlimited godly revelation in the world. And therefore it completely does not pay attention to nature. And even the fact that it comes into nature shows even more so how much nature is not Tefis Makim. And therefore nature doesn't present any blockage. It's able to enter into nature itself. That's from the perspective of Eir. The Eir penetrates everything. Then there's a different, completely different angle and perspective on what the Ness is. Looking at it from the perspective of Kalim, it's the fact that the Ness enters into Teva. What is that an indication of? That this is a Ness that's actually being integrated in the Teva itself. The point of the Ness is to affect the Teva. Not that it's a bleak vol that doesn't know of Teva, doesn't care about Teva, and therefore it could operate even through Teva because it's so powerful that Teva doesn't present any blockage to it. No. From the perspective of Kalim, which is to contain and define and bring down Gileolikos in a place of Teva, so when an S comes into Teva, what this represents is the fact that Teva itself is becoming elevated. Teva itself is becoming changed. 
was in them feared This accomplishes the whole purpose of the miracle, which is to ibemachen the helam von teva, to transform the concealment of teva itself. That's the mile of anes, which is malubish in teva. As mazalzem vi teva vert gefeared von ebishten alein, to come to recognize what the true existence of nature itself is, that nature itself is all the Ebishter himself in nature. So we have two completely different outlooks at what the accomplishment of Purim being a Nesa Malubish B'Tava is. From the perspective of Eir, that just expresses even more how powerful this Eir is, that it's so powerful that Teva is completely not Tevis Makin. Or Mamele, it doesn't even have to break Teva, it could just go straight into Teva. So it's not that it elevates Teva. Adarabha, from the perspective of Eir, the fact that it comes into Teva shows more how bleak the Eir is. Then you have the perspective of, Teva, of, of Kalim, which is Adarabha, that the whole accomplishment of Anes coming into Teva is that it's Megala, what the true Mitzis of Teva is. That because it's being Mislabish in Teva, this reveals that Teva itself is really Elikos. And that's the, perspe- that's the purpose of a nest. Not just to reveal the bleakful of the Eibishter, but to reveal how Teva itself is be'enes be'pnimiyas alakos. And that's the perspective of Kalim, the perspective of Esther. And thus is the chilek tzushin Mardachai and Esther. So this is the difference in the two perspectives of Mardachai and Esther as far as what the main emphasis of, of the Nes of Purim. Mitzad Mardachai inyin ha'ayr. Mardachai represents the godly revelation. Is that Ikerat Goshef of Nes Purim nitn zichu chateva. So the main emphasis of the Nes of Purim is not that it refines and changes nature, not in his the fact that this is an indication that it's an even more powerful revelation. Thus was their Nes, Vertnes Gala, Thus was Durek their Nes, Vertnes Gala, their Bleeg Volha Miti is Barach. The fact that it can come down and there's nothing blocking it, it can even go into nature, reveals the true bleak vol of the Eibishter, that it doesn't have to shatter nature, it can go straight into nature. As is the great Bizlamata Mata, it's a bleak vol that goes to the lowest place, in Anagas HaTeva, into Teva itself. That's the perspective of Mardukhai. So therefore, as we explained before, as far as remembering and celebrating Purim, it's not so important that it should be celebrated and come down into an action. Yes, we remember the nest through celebrating Purim with the mitzvahs that we do. Actually, telling the story is something that in the perspective of Mordechai is not necessary. That's enough in Machshavah that a person will get into the spirit and in the mode of Purim through the mitzvahs, and then in your mind you'll relive and celebrate Purim in the Machshavah, Beruchnius. This explains why this aspect of Purim, which Mardachai requested to celebrate Purim in, the, in a more Ruchniusic sense, that's mentioned in Yerushalmi. Was in Gufe is this the Inyan Ha'ir. Within Teireh, there are two aspects of Teireh. Yerushalmi is a place where things shine more direct and clear from the source. As the style is in the learning of Yerushalmi, that Yerushalmi says the point straight as it is, without much discussion. Like someone that sees things in the open and when things are clear directly from the source. That's Yerushalmi. On the other hand, Esther's perspective is Inyana Kalim. Esther represents the Kalim. Hester Aster is the Ikrat Goshen Nes Purim Dosvas Durdem Vert Ibegemachtem Hester and Choychachem Teva. From her perspective, what's the accomplishment that the Nes comes into Teva? Not an indication that it's a greater bleak wool of the oil, 
No, in her perspective, the Maile is the Mechoven that it should transform the Choshech itself. It should transform the Teva itself. The Far is Eichem dem Zikar and Anesne As is Alarab coming in Eilam So therefore, in her perspective, what's the main way Purim should be celebrated? It has to come down and be connected and celebrated in action, in a place of action, in Kriya Uksive, to speak it. To write it, what I'm dafka durch them, fürt zu chayste mechuven from the mess, as teva gufas on meyer zayin. That this is the whole point of the miracle, that to reveal the true nature, the true source of what nature itself is, that nature itself is a lakos, that nature itself begins to shine. And that's by celebrating it, by bringing it down into maise, into saying it, into verbalizing it, into writing it in a parchment with ink. So we can understand why it's this aspect of the miracle that's mentioned specifically in the Bavli. The Gemara says that you've been placed in darkness. That refers to the style of learning in the Gemara and Bavli where it's a discussion and questions and answers. In the Bavli you have refining and answering questions and elevating the darkness itself in Taira Gufa, in Taira itself. This is the aspect of Kalin and Machashakim in Taira itself. So it's beautifully understood exactly why these two aspects of the Yontif are divided between Mardachai and Esther and the Bavli and the Yerushalmi. Why the Gemara in Yuma says that we compare Esther to the dawn. Just as the dawn is at the end of the night of Esther, so Esther as well is the last of all the Nisim. And as we see in the Gemara, that this that Esther is the end of all Nisim, is the end of all Nisim that were written, that's written and becomes part of Ksuvim. So what's the connection between being the end of all Nisim and the fact that this is a nest that's written in Ksuvim? So now, das was the Gemara vergleicht Seif Kola The fact that the Gemara compares the end of the night to Seif Kola Nisim, to Esther, to the story of Purim being the end of all Nisim, the Lechairiz and the Nesun Laila Hofchiyim Betachlis. Why is this being used as an analogy? Night and miracle are complete opposites. Vida Masha Frek, this is the question of the Masha. Why does the Gemara use this as an analogy? Is this vile? So the answer is, based on what we said before, this is beautifully understood. That the truth is, the purpose of every miracle is not just the performance of a miracle that's outlandish, that takes you out of nature. No, the point of every miracle is really to remind you and wake you up to what the true existence of nature itself is. As in Teva, so that you should see in nature itself, which nature itself is nature, it's, it's darkness, it's night. You should see that the truth of what nature is, it's also godliness. That's really the purpose of all miracles. The Laila, that the Laila itself, you should see the true entity of what Laila is. Therefore, the Gemara brings Laila, Saif Kala Laila, as an analogy to Saif Kala Nisim. On Esther is Soif Kolanism. Esther, the Nest of Purim, represents the end, the purpose of all Nisim. Zi is the Soif Vitachlis von Alanism. So we can we can translate the word Soif not only of being the last of all the Nisim that are, was written, but also being the Soif, 
the purpose and the, the, the ness that reaches the goal in its fullest extent. This is the miracle that brings down the revelation of the Eibishter into the lowest place, fulfilling the purpose of an S to bring the Eibishter into the concealment of the world. The miracle that happened at the time of Purim is not a kind of miracle that came into nature, but only into one element of nature, an element of nature that's sort of more spiritual, that's more oisgeedled, uh, closer to, and more of a keli to lichtekeit. The edelin yon of it re- would reach only, there are certain miracles that do come to nature, they do penetrate nature to some extent, but they only reach those areas in nature which are refined, which is somewhat of a keli for the miracle. No, that's but over here, however, by Purim, Esther, and the Ness of Purim, brings this down in Soif Kol Halayla. This is a miracle that happens in the deepest darkness of Layla. In Tachlis HaChayshech, V'Helem, V'Hester, Aster, V'Noilam Hazda, V'Hester, Aster, V'Noilam Hazda, V'Satan, Kein, Shaykh, Se'oyer. You see a darkness in a world, in a gallus, in a gzeda, like the situation the Eden were in then, and in there, in the lowest and darkest time period, the Ness comes and actually enters within nature itself, in the means of, in, there's no miracle that you see that breaks nature. It comes into nature itself to reveal the true entity of what that darkness and that situation itself is. That it's really lichtig. It's really part of godliness. Just like at the end of the night, as it is literally, the darkest time of the night is right before the crack of dawn. The end of the night, that's the darkest time. So that was the time of the Gzeda of Haman, the darkest time for Klal Yisrael then. And the miracle comes about and happens within nature, within that darkness. That's Saif Kolanisim, the purpose of the fulfillment of what Anes is about to reveal what Teva and what Cheshach itself truly is. So those Nisim that are written, that are recorded in Teda, including over here the Ness of Esther that's recorded in the Torah, we compare it to night, and over here regarding the Ness of Purim, the end of all, all of night. The fact that these miracles are recorded in the Torah and they're written, they're recorded on parchment and ink, and that means that you're writing the miracle and you're bringing it down to the lowest element of the world, into daimim. Soif kola madreges v'noilam into the lowest of levels, even in the, within this world itself. Is this valdi nisim is in yonom to ibemachin dem laila. All those nisim that are mentioned in the Torah, they're recorded in the Torah. What's the point of all these nisim? The Eibush does not perform a nest to only show how unlimited he is, but also to show us and to reveal to us the true existence of what nature itself is. And therefore it has to be recorded and it's expressed in a physical paper or a physical parchment here in this world. And even more so when it comes to Purim, which is the end and the purpose of all these miracles, since it happens in the greatest darkness that there was in that time period. And therefore Esther is the soif kolalayla, the end and the fulfillment of this purpose to write the nest on a parchment and to be parak suvim, like all the other miracles that are before, and even more so, even Saif Kalalayla, accomplishing this even to a greater degree. That is the connection of Esther to Saif Kalalayla. 
But the Gemara also says that it's not only that Esther is at Saif Kalalailo, but the Gemara says that Esther is compared to Shachar, to the dawn that comes at the end of the night. Esther is compared to the dawn. The light of dawn, the crack of dawn that comes at, at the end of the night when you have the strongest darkness and then you have that crack of dawn that breaks that darkness. So what this really is referring to is, it's a revelation. This crack of dawn comes from the darkness itself. It's revealing the true entity of the darkness itself and therefore it comes out from the night itself. It brings you to the dawn. So Shachar represents not the dawn, the morning that comes following the night, but it's from the night that you lead into the morning because it's revealing the true entity of the darkness itself that's now shining in the dawn, in the light of the dawn. This is hinted in the actual word for dawn in Lashon Kedesh, Shachar. The word shachar actually means deep darkness, a very strong and deep darkness. So how could we say that the morning, the word in Lashon Kedesh, from morning is shachar, which means a deep darkness, because the answer is this is the depth of what the darkness itself is, transforming the, this strongest darkness that was there right before the crack of dawn, and that is the breakthrough of dawn to transform and reveal what the darkness itself is, that it's truly light. And that's why Esther is compared to Shachar. On Isaiah Chinsis the same is also true in the Sviris above. Ayelas Shachar, Dok, Nessus Yisrael. So it says in Zayar that Shachar refers to Knesset Yisrael. Knesset Yisrael is Sviris Amalchus. So the Gemara says that Shachar is the end of the night, is move on. So what level of Malchus are we talking about? It's understood that the Sphiris are Malchus, we're not talking about Malchus in the world of Atsilus over there as part of Atsilus where the unity of Hashem is sensed in everything, including in Malchus, so there's no darkness there. We're also not even referring to the level of Malchus as it becomes the Atik, the Pnimius Akesa, the source of the light that then, is, that, that then is transmitted over to the world of Briah. And the Kayach of Malchus to bring over the revelation of Atsilus to Briah is still revealed and very powerful. There. No, rather, when we talk about the sphere of Malchus here being hinted in the word Shachar, what are we talking about? This refers to the level of Malchus that comes down into the lowest darkness, into the worlds of Biyah. The fact that Malchus brings down this revelation into the lower world to truly reveal what the true concealment of the world itself is. As we explained before regarding who Esther herself is, and the same is also true with the Sphere of Lamaila, which is Malchus, and specifically Malchus and Biyah, which corresponds to Esther here below. So the fact that Malchus and Esther is able to transform and reveal the true nature of the concealment of the world itself, that it's really godly, Although the source of Esther is Malchus and Malchus and Biyah, which is a place of concealment. It's not only with the partnership between Esther and Mardachai, that each, as we explained before, plays their role in the miracle. And Mardachai brings, Mardachai introduces revelation 
the Ness aspect, the believable aspect into the miracle. So the way Esther could reveal the truth of what Teva itself is, is not only because of the Koyach of Mardachai that reveals what nature is really about. It's because it's the Hester itself. Esther, which represents the concealment of Elam Hazah, the true Pnimius of what this Hester itself is, is really actually even higher than Mardachai. It's completely higher than the Hester that we can see, that, that it seems what it is. When you reveal the true nature of what nature is, of what Teva is, this reveals an even higher connection, a higher level that Esther really is. This is the Pirish Apnimi and Pasik. This is the deeper meaning of what the Pasik says when it speaks about the two names that Esther had. Hadassah, he Esther. Hadassah, she is also Esther. What's the significance of these two names? What this means is, Even that aspect of Esther, which represents the concealment and all the descent and darkness that there is, that exists in this world. The Hadassah, the other name of Esther, that is the Pnimius of Esther. Hadassah, he Esther. Which Eloah Tzadikim. Hadassah refers, like the Hadas, which refers to Tzadikim. The Pnimius of what Malchus is about is the same revelation as all the spheres above it, and even more so. Malchus is really drawing from the spheres above and then transmitting and bringing down that Gilu into the next world, into Briya, Yitzira, see into the lowest place. The purpose of Malchus, when you look at it, it seems to be to conceal to limit and to cover. But the Pnimi is the point of Malchus is Adarabe, to transmit the light, to bring over the energy and the Giliolikos even into a lower place. So Malchus has an even higher shadish that it's able to reveal the true nature of Teva itself. And that's Hadassah he Esther. You look at Esther, you have to know that Pnimius, this is Hadassah. Pnimius, Malchus is really Miyuchad with all the spheres above. So this is the powerful lesson that each one of us can take from this. Even when Ayid is found in a place of concealment and darkness. Do not get moved by this. This is really not a Hester. This is above any concealment. It's connected. Not only could you, not only could you overcome this Hester, but to actually transform the darkness itself into light. As the Rebbe explained before, that's what Shachar is all about, the break of dawn, the crack of dawn that breaks and transforms actually the darkness itself into light. And that's the power that every single Yid has when he finds himself in a place of Chayshach. Now the Rebbe will take what we learned over here and bring this to, as I mentioned, the first halacha in the Tor in Shulchan Aruch, and also in the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, something that it, uh, we can learn from this regarding Shacha, regarding a person waking up every morning, a beautiful, beautiful Indian in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch. The Gerat feel mal. We already said many times. Everything that's hinted, that there is, that is, in Pnimi Yisateire, is hinted in Nikla. On Azayach bin Yeneinu. Darin Yenanal, on Avedis Kolechad Vechad. The point that we just mentioned. The Ayid is Bipnimi Yishechef and Hester. That Ayid is really higher than any concealment. Is that Al-Terebe, Meramiz, in Zayn Shulchan Aruch, Bamadur et Inyana, Enonif and Hilchus Ashkomis HaBaykir, and Demdim, Fanani Meirir HaShachar, Ve'ein HaShachar Meir Oisi. 
the Alter Rebbe speaks about in the beginning of Hilchus, Ashkama Sabaika, waking up in the morning. So the Alter Rebbe there brings what it says, that you wake up, you should wake up early enough that you awaken the dawn, and the dawn does not awaken you. You wake up when it's still dark outside. And thus is verbunden, this Indian of what Alter Rebbe says is connected to Metatmiyah in Taz, with a very strong question that there is in something that the Taz says in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch. There's a change that the Alter Rebbe makes between the two versions of the, what the Alter Rebbe wrote. There's the Madure Kama, which is most of the Shulchan Aruch of the Alter Rebbe. Then the Alter Rebbe began writing the Shulchan Aruch in a second version. And there the Alter Rebbe changes a certain detail here in the beginning in the Shulchan Aruch. And all this will be explained after we uh, bring in the point that we spoke about before regarding what the Shachar dawn really represent in a person's Aveda. So let's begin. The Torah brings that up in Ersten Simen from Eirechayim. The Torah writes in the beginning, in the first Simen of Eirechayim as follows, One must be strong like a lion. To get up in the morning to serve the Eibishter. Then he says, Wake up early enough that you are awakening the dawn. And the dawn should not awaken you. David said, I still wake up when it's still dark and I awaken the dawn. And the dawn does not awaken me. That's what it says in the Torah. When this is quoted in Shulchan Aruch, bring that up to Mechaber, nor the Nanak. Mechaber only quotes the first part of this statement. Wake up early enough that you should awaken the dawn. He doesn't quote the conclusion. That the dawn does not awaken me. So that's the change that we find between the Torah and the way the Mechaber brings it in Shulchan Aruch. So the Taz explains the reason for this. So here in the Taz, we'll see what does this mean that I awaken the dawn? What does this mean? What is this dawn that I awaken and not the dawn awakens me? What does Shachar really represent? So he says, Shachar meant Knesses Kedushas Yisrael. Shachar refers to the holiness of Yidin. As we said before, Shachar refers to Sviris Amalchus, which is the place where all the Neshamas of Yidin are gathered over there. So Shachar refers to the holiness and the Kedusha of the Neshama of Yidin. The Kedusha versus Shaira and Yidin, the holiness that, that, that dwells within every single Yid. So what are we saying over here? When it comes to the Neshama, to the holiness of a Yid, so there are two different ways here. What does this mean? When a person works from below and does his Aveda himself from below, in order to come and to connect to the holiness of his Neshama in the morning. So when it says, what it really means is, besides the literal pshat, that you wake up early enough before the crack of dawn, but what it means is that you awaken yourself on your own, and you connect on your own through your neshama that's above, to the holiness of your neshama. Shachar meir, I see. Other way around, which is that dawn awakens you. What does this represent? The isoiros, milmaila, from chinah shachar. That there's that holiness of your neshama that comes from above, that awakens you to come and do your aveda, to come and do what you have to. So there's basically in the Lashon of Chassidus usually brings a Sarusa de la or an Sarusa de la Sata. On Dasat Gemein David, the Ein Ashacha Meir Eisi. When David the Melech said that I awaken the dawn and the dawn does not awaken me, what was he saying? The Yisraelis Shaloi Mulmata. 
His awakening, his own Aveda from below, is so powerful, he doesn't need any assistance of the holiness of his Nishamet to shine into him from above to give him any inspiration. He, on his own from below, does his Aveda complete and full, and he doesn't rely on any Aveda from above. So to be in such a level that you don't need any assistance from above is a unique level that's for people like David or the like. So therefore the Mechaber doesn't quote the second part in Shulchan Aruch that I do not need the assistance of the holiness of my Neshama from above because this is not something that's for everybody that's learning the Shulchan Aruch. It's only for people that are on a level like David HaMelech. That's the pshat in the Taz explaining the diok in the Shulchan Aruch that he only brings the first part, that a person should awaken the dawn. But a person does also need the shachar to be ma'erer him, because a regular person does need the assistance of above. So the pshat of the Taz is very difficult to understand. How is it possible to say? That there's a person that's on a level that doesn't need any help, any inspiration from above. Anybody, whoever it is, if the Abisha does not assist you in your Avedis Hashem, then you're, you're lost. You can't do it on your own. It says regarding every single Yid, including the greatest Tzaddik, even like David HaMelech, never believe in yourself. There's nothing you can do on your own. You always rely on having the assistance from above. So how could the, the, the Taz explain that Ein HaShacha Oisi means I don't need the awakening, I don't need the inspiration from above, from Shacha, which is the revelation of the Kedusha from above. How could that be? Now let's look what the Alter Rebbe says in Shulchan Aruch. In the Madure Kama, the Alter Rebbe quotes it like the Mechaber, only the first part, which is that you awaken the dawn. You awaken the dawn. I awaken the dawn. The dawn does not awaken me. And this is the average conduct of a person that he wakes up at this time in the morning where he awakens the dawn and the dawn does not awaken him. And the Alter Rebbe quotes the full statement like it's quoted in the Torah. Let's move on to the question here is, The second version that the Alter Rebbe wrote is part of Shulchan Aruch. Something that's written average for every person to be able to fulfill it. Chavaz brengt dort Alter Rebbe According to the Taz's Pshat, that you don't rely on any inspiration from above is only for unique people, like David HaMelech. So why does Al Rebbe quote this? The question is even greater. The continuation of what Al Rebbe says, it seems, as the Verte, the Zumida Beninist, when he says this is an average conduct of a person, but Tzitzich, regarding what is the Alter Rebbe saying this? That this is the average conduct of a person. So the Rebbe says, He's not only saying this as far as the general halacha that he's saying here, at the time of when a person should wake up, that you should wake up before it's light outside. In contrast to a person, which is in a higher level, he is Yerei Shemayim, that he should get up at Chatzais. 
So when the Alter Rebbe says Midah Bainanis, he's not only referring to the timing of when you should wake up in the morning. On this that the Alter Rebbe writes, Ve'en HaShach he's also saying that this is a Midah Bainanis. That the Shacha not awakening you is not something which is for unique individuals like David HaMelech, like the Taz says, it refers, this is an average middah for every person to say that I will awaken the dawn and the dawn does not awaken me. So how could this be? According to the Pshad of the Taz, that's only shayach to people that are on a very high level, that don't need the inspiration from above. So, based on what we learned before about what the word shachar, dawn, what level does this really represent? It refers specifically to the level of Malchus when it comes down into the concealment of the world. And we can explain all of this as follows. That when it says, it means that he doesn't need any inspiration from above. What he's saying is that this individual does not need any assistance, any inspiration that comes from the level of Shachar. As the Rebbe will soon explain, the level of Shachar, which is this sphere of Malchus. He doesn't rely on an inspiration from here, from the level of Shachar. He's on a higher level, and of course he relies on inspiration of above. Nobody does anything on his own without any help from above. However, there's different madregas from where you get your When it says, it means that I'm not getting my inspiration from the level of shachar, rather I'm getting, because I'm on a higher level, I'm getting my inspiration from an even higher place. A higher level of nelikos. As the Rebbe will explain now, three different levels corresponding to a tzaddik and a benini and a rasha. The explanation here is as follows. In them As far as the inspiration and the assistance that the Abishra gives a person in his Avedis Hashem, we could divide this in general into three levels. Aleph, the The assistance for a person that's in a place where he struggles with Nyanam of Isr, and the Abishra helps him to overcome his desires in areas of Isr. On their siyua is from This is what Shachar represents having the assistance for things that are prohibited, and a person is struggling with this. Vimalchus, as we said before, Shachar is connected to Malchus, kumtarop in soiv kolalayla. Malchus, as it comes down in the lowest darkness of the night, that art when tachlis ahester the place of the absolute darkness of the world, that's where the inspiration of Shachar comes to. That's one level of inspiration, Shachar. Based on another level, the siyua as mezolzach oishitim from taivus heter. Then you have the assistance and the inspiration for a person that's struggling with Taivas Hetter to help him be careful not to get involved in indulging in his own personal Taivas. And thus comes from Malchus, this is assistance that comes from the level of Malchus, which is out of Atzilus already, but not invested within the lowest darkness of Biyah, but Malchus being the source of revelation that will come into Briyah. This is a level of Malchus that is already related to darkness. It's not within Atzilus. This relates to a person that struggles with his own personal desires and indulgence, which is not 
proper. It is abenit seif kalalayla. We're not talking about an inspiration that's needed for the lowest darkness. The siyua is of taivis hetter. This is helping a person and overcome his struggles in areas that are permitted. That's the second level of a person and the second level of inspiration regarding this person. Gimel, der siyua, if kenen, oile zayimi, madrege, le madrege, in kedusha gufa. A person that doesn't struggle, not with taivis hetter, not in taivis hetter, and he's getting an inspiration and a help from above to grow and go from level to level within holiness. Das kommt von Malchus da Atzilus, wie sie ist, bimekoima in Atzilus. The inspiration for this comes from Malchus within the world of Atzilus. Was dann wird sie angerufen, yoim, Malchus, within the world of Atzilus, which is a place of revelation, a place where God's unity is recognized there. This is where Malchus is referred to as day, the daylight that is ma'edet a person in his Avedis Hashem. Those are the three sources, the three levels of people, and the three sources of inspiration that come from above. These three levels are fitting to the three levels in a person's Aveda, Aveda Satsadik, Abenini, Unarosha. As these three levels are explained in Tanya. Atzadik is in Gansen et Shaiatsu in Yonam from Taivis. Atzadik, as Altered explains in Tanya, is not only a person that doesn't do Avedis or a person that's mostly mitzvahs, but a person that's completely removed of any trace of any desire even. For anything of an Aveda. Das Nemtzach von Nefesh Bahamis, which its source comes from the selfishness of the Nefesh Bahamis. By a tzaddik, none of that exists. On sein Aveda besteht in Aliyah, in Kedusha, Gufa. He's just going higher and higher within holiness. That's the level of a tzaddik, the highest level that we mentioned before, the third level. By a Benini is abgefreckt zu tonen Aveda, Rachman al-Bitzlam. A Benini is an individual that it's out of the question. Of actually doing an Aveda. Right now he's in a condition that it's so out of the question that in his mindset now he'll never do an Aveda in his life. However, he does struggle internally. He, there are Taivas that come up to his mind and he has to push them out and he has to deal with certain Taivas that are there internally. Then you have the third category, the Rasha, that's struggling with things that are prohibited. It's the Rasha that has to have the assistance that comes from the level of Shachar that relates to a person that's in Saif Kalalayla, the person that's struggling with the real darkness that exists in this world. Now we'll understand beautifully the difference between the way the Alter Rebbe brings this concept in the Madura Kam of Shulchan Aruch and the way he brings it in the Madura Tinyana. Looking at the perspective of things from Nigla. Is Abenini, so how do we define Abenini in the simple Pshat of Abenini before you come to Tanya? Is Abenini Dervis is Mechzal Mechza. Abenini is an individual that the scale by him is half and half, half mitzvahs and half the opposite. In a simple pshat in Allah and Nigla, one that has mostly mitzvahs is already a tzaddik. And the Ribber in Madure Kama, in the first version of the Alter Rebbe Shulchan Aruch, was as geschrieben geworden, like the Achraf from Gemara and Paiskim, where the Alter Rebbe writes the halachas relying on the way things are explained and in the Gemara and in the Paiskim, in other words, the angle and the perspective of Nigla. Berenknit Alter Rebbe der Inyan. The Alter Rebbe does not quote the, the conclusion of the statement that I don't need 
and assistance from the level of Shacha. As Madaf nit onkum and some siyuaf and Shacha, was heat up from Oivazayin and Aveda, that protects a person of not being Oivazayin and Aveda. Because over here, the Alter Rebbe is talking about a Bainini. And who's the Bainini? The Bainini is a person in the Nigla, a Bainini is a person that is struggling with Avedis. And therefore, the Alter Rebbe can't conclude that this person doesn't need an assistance from the level of Shacha. He does. He needs that assistance of the level of Shacha to help him to, to be careful not to be Oivazayin and Aveda. That's in the Madura Kama. Ashenk in the Madura Tinyono, Hodaltarebe Machriya Given, Kama Kubalim. Daltarebe, when it comes to questions where there's a machlaikis between the Paiskim and the Mukubalim, Daltarebe leans more towards the Mukubalim. Umitsadva Piyarbiya and Pnimiyasatare. So looking at things from the perspective of Pnimiyasatare is Aycha Bainini Nichaik Tsoivazana Naveda. So who's a Bainini in the Pshatat Daltarebe says in Tanya? A Bainini is an individual that's out of the question, any Aveda. So therefore, every Benini, not only David HaMelech, but every Benini is on the level that he does not need the assistance from the level of Shacha that's there to inspire a Yid that's struggling with Havedis. So therefore, the Alter Rebbe does quote that for a Benini, he does not rely on the inspiration that comes from Shacha, on his Messiah. And the Alter Rebbe actually says, V'zu midah beinines. This is the midah of a beinini. Was the midah is a meramis, so the beginner from beinini. The Alter Rebbe is hinting to the level of a beinini, the average, the beinini, in the interpretation of Tanya and Pnimi Yisatayre, that refers to a person that does not need this Eiris of Shacha, because it's out of the question for him to do any Aveira. On those gufish daltarein daltareb and shulchanarech al tzapsak din versus shavalachol nefesh. Daltareb places this in the shulchanarech, which is an actual psak din for every person. Van nachtem with daltareb at megalagven in Tanya. The amit is in yinabeni. Once daltareb revealed to us in Tanya what's the true level of abeni is dochdos gevarin midas kol adam. This itself, through the Alter Rebbe writing and explaining this, the Alter Rebbe empowered us, and this became the level for every person. That every person could be on the level of Benini. The way the Alter Rebbe explains it in Tanya, that every moment that it should be out of the question to do any Aveda. By the Alter Rebbe explaining it, this itself revealed this Indian. Until the Alter Rebbe wrote this, it wasn't necessarily Shavu Lachol Nefesh to be on the level of a Benini of Tanya. But the Alter Rebbe is writing and letting us know and revealing what the Emesa level of a Benini, this itself actually draws down the power and empowers us to be able to be a Benini. Where is this brought in Shulchan Aruch? This is brought in Shulchan Aruch right when you wake up in the morning. Actually, even before the Halacha about saying Maidani. What this means is, right at the beginning of the morning, there's no revelation yet. You didn't even say Maidani yet. Needless to say, you didn't daven and no other mitzvah yet. Says, You're coming directly from the darkness of the night. What do, what do we demand from a year as soon as he wakes up? To be strong like a lion against your Yetzirah. And the strength of a Yid, even then, is so powerful that you don't even need the assistance from being over an Aveda. That's out of the question. How could you demand of a Yid this? And even when a Yid that's coming directly from the darkness of night, how can we say that every Yid, every average Yid, a Bainini, is on the level that he doesn't need the assistance to, to, to help him to be careful from an Aveda? Isn't he in a place of darkness? Is the beard in them? 
Das, was I eat, is in a matzah from Chayshech, is this nor mitzad zan chitzayinius. The way we view ourselves, if a person views himself, that Chayshech is, defines who he is and the place that he's in, that's only if you're looking at things externally. So then, yeah, he might need the, the, the help and the assistance from Shachar. Bepnimius is a hecha from the master. However, bepnimius, who is a yid? Bepnimius, a yid is higher than this hester. But canal sif yudalot binyan hadasa hi hester. That really a yid is higher from this entire chayshach, completely removed, and he doesn't have to be in his spot from this chayshach at all. It's the matzav of the hester itself that you find yourself in. Not only do you not have to be in the spell of the darkness and know what your true identity is, but it's this Helen Behester itself that awakens within a year to draw out deeper powers of your soul. Which is the Kayach Hamasiris Nefesh that comes out by every single year in such kind of situations. We says given, be may Esther, and as it was in the times of Esther in the time of Purim, as the Meshach call Hashana Kula for about an entire year. They stood with Mesidis Nefesh every day, every hour, every moment, not knowing what's going to be with them, what their fate will be. And nevertheless, they stood strong with Mesidis Nefesh. What this means is that Mesidis Nefesh is something that permeates every part of the person. And the Mesidis Nefesh, the Kayach Mesidis Nefesh of a Yid, empowers a Yid and influences even his most external behavior. And this is the lesson, and this is true for the Aveda of every single Yid. Dafke, der It's specifically, if you see that you are in a place of Chayshech, don't become demoralized. On the contrary, this itself calls out and, and, and is by you deeper powers, deeper revelation, even more than when you're in a place of, of revelation. This is expressed by the power of Kabbalah soil that every yid has. It comes from the essence of your soul. That permeates you completely. And because of this, as Al-Tarebbe writes, every single yid can live up to be a Benini, as Benini is explained in Tanya. Every single moment will be Every single hour, every single time in the day.